If you could, if you could, this is going to be a little zany. You got to bear with me. <laughs> but if you could replace your bones with things that aren't bones, what would you do? In my song, it's monkey bones. <laughs> <laughs> so you would replace your own bones with monkey bones. <laughs> like that movie Monkey Bones. Yeah, like DVD copies of the movie Monkey Bones. <laughs> like a like hilarious Chris Kattan film, Monkey Bones. <laughs> You know what I'd replace my bones with? What? What? I would replace my bones with sort of a uh, a nice like a a, a sugary fruit uh uh sauce, so sugary that if I sauce. broke my bones, it would be a compote fracture. It'd be a compote All right. fracture. That's it, everybody. <laughs> Austin's been replaced by the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Used to be four ordinary teenagers. Welcome to Saturday Morning Tuesdays. This is the fun episode where we jump over the shark. We're jumping over the shark this episode. Get ready. Hold on to your buttholes. Um, I'm Austin Bridges. I'm your friend Roy Voy. I'm Eddie Davison, and I'm having a hard time holding on to my butthole. I can't. Better, I am not having that kind you, of trouble. You better get it good. You better get it good, because this episode, we're strapping on our water skis, and we're putting the jump in the middle of the ocean, and we're just going to have a hop over that shark. This is Saturday Morning Tuesdays, the, the real podcast about real cartoons. Wow. That, where we jump over the shark. Um, and we've seen that shark swimming for too long, and we've thought, we can't go over it yet, and then we thought, you know what, we're going to do it. We're going to do it with this good episode where we go over the shark, oh, with the jet skis, with the ski, ski shoes, and we're going to get over it. Ski (laughs) shoes? We're going to, we're going to come back onto the water even better than before, and then we'll just... After that, who knows what else? Maybe Probably good things. Maybe the shark will things. join the podcast. He'll become Maybe a main character. Maybe the shark character. will join the podcast and become the best character, and the show will become great. It'll become The Wire. <laughs> I, think, I, I, I think that the only thing separating our show from The Wire is a comedic animal sidekick. Yeah. That's yeah. That's correct. No, that's, I, was, I, don't I wasn't joke. trying to. I don't uh, have yeah, a joke. That's, that's not correct. a joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, are we, well, are we, we ready to the, talk about? We name about... our shark Omar. <laughs> This is what? Omar, our fun shark. We're going to jump over him. <laughs> Omar the shark. <laughs> Watch out. Omar's coming. <laughs> so on our way to jump over this amazing shark, which is going to be at the end of the episode, it's going to be a very big sort of a cliffhanger thing that we'll keep checking in on our progress. Uh, we, but we might do it next you got to keep you on your toes so yeah, maybe yeah. maybe we don't know when it's going to happen but the first thing we need to get over on our on our water ski trawling to get over there mm. is we gotta we gotta watch sailor moon episode 38 okay oh boy oh bare toe well let's uh water shoe right over there she will never turn her back on All right, everybody. Thank you for coming into Saturday Morning Tuesdays, where we just came back from our very long break. We just, we just, we just woke up and we're on these jet skis. Who even knows how we got here? But guess what? It's Sailor like Saw. Moon knows. It's like the movie Saw, but with a shark. And we, 
and that makes it and that's much better it's very much better than the movie saw with no sharks which is why you always put a shark in the show always speaking of always put a shark in the show let's talk about moon sailor moon episode 38 fractious friends here's what happens this week (laughs) (laughs) it's really good it's really good rory (laughs) you're doing great you do great sport the Sailor Scouts put on a ruse to fool the Negaverse into thinking they no longer want Sailor Moon as their leader. Serena convinces a reporter, who is a Negaverse demon in disguise, that Sailor Moon wishes to defect. Malachite and his Ninjana monster fall for this <laughs> and plan to meet with her alone in a park late at night. <laughs> That's a very good summary, and I very much approve. You know, you know how we all have Ninjana monsters? <laughs> My Ninjana I think monster. that's a Lego set. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I'm not going to go too far into the details until they come up, but I got to tell you, this episode was massively ruined by dub script script cuts and changes. Dude, sure. this episode is so fucking weird. I yeah. really, really dug it, but there is no denying that it got sloppy and it made it hard to follow. Mm-hmm. There was a germ in the center of it that was a cool episode that actually, like address some some conflict that was existing but well yeah and so i mean that's that's the whole issue with with what kind of got fucked up this week i think is probably what andy was going to comment on too right yeah yeah is Um, is they were really sloppy about what was pretend conflict and what was real conflict um and at the end, they kind of try and save it, what the sailor says, not to skip all the way to the end, but they're like, hey, sometimes even when you're play fighting, real fights happen, which is, like, true, but also right. narratively, it doesn't mean it wasn't sloppy. <laughs> right. Yeah. <clears throat> no, so the, the crux of what was really messed up is, it's hard to explain without more context, like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you more later, but, like, really... The central idea of what's going on at the climax is like the opposite in the or in the original than huh. it is from the dub. Well, then I look so, forward to hearing about it. Um, yeah, we open we open in media res. Uh, yeah, uh, with yeah. Uh, with what I thought was them finally training. Uh, so that was the other <laughs> thing that kind of failed. On yeah. was like these girls really do need to like get better at doing this job. So. I just thought they were just doing drills. Yeah, yep. that's one thing that Buffy definitely like took the time to do. You know, where it's like, hey, hang out oh. with friends, might as well like train and like try to be better, <laughs> even though I have magic powers. It's like, yeah, but I still need to get better at it. So yeah, but you still get your butt kicked every time you fight the bad guys. So like, yeah, you're right. not top. You're not to- you're not top dog yet. Nuh-uh. But so they were training. The other thing, though, is that we, we've never seen an in media res opening as far as I can remember. For this show, uh, I mean, except for like the the sort of serial two or three part episodes, but yeah, well, right, right, yeah, but like, well, and as far as we know, though, we missed an episode. They cut, they didn't do the previous episode in the American dub. Ah, oh, that's so, right. That's true, so, but it had nothing to do with this. Well, it had it had something to do in the sense that they were still trying to find ways to get into the negaverse. Yeah, like they were. Yeah, they were, we didn't we didn't get that they were looking to go in and rescue Darian. That was something that, that was an ex- there was an expectation mm-hmm. we knew that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so that's something that was established in the previous episode that we missed was that they're kind of now actively looking for ways to get into the Negaverse. So I think it's less of a jump in this episode that they've kind of like are looking at different plans. And there's just there's a lot that happens up front 
that happens very quickly and it's cut very quickly and very odd. Yep. And yeah. it's so hard to know what's going on. Yeah. The other like, weird thing. Oh, sorry, Andy, you can go ahead. There's like five second, eight second, two second snips, snips, snips out of like so many scenes in this episode just to like awkwardly make things go faster or add more commercial time or whatever the hell it is Deke does. But it does make this one in particular flow terribly. Right. Well, and the jarring. other weird thing that they did was, I mean, it wasn't really a major tone shift, though it sets up kind of like a Team Rockety sort of farce where Ninjana is spying on them and immediately, you know, fucks up their spying and thinks that the the training is a is a fight, which we find out later was a fight, but really didn't seem that way. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's weird. Like like Austin said at the beginning of this conversation, we should we should just get to what's going on. Um, it's hard to tell what's play fighting and what's real fighting in this episode uh, because their whole plan here is to fake like the Sailor Scouts are having a bunch of internal strife and splitting up so that the Negaverse will believe when Sailor Moon tries to defect. Um, and their whole goal there is so that Sailor Moon can figure out a way into the Negaverse so that she can maybe save Darien or at least get some information about how they can get back there. Uh, right. But at the same time, Serena and Ray are having actual for realsies like headbutt moments in and amongst the play fighting. And then with a bad dub script, it just leaves you really I was really about to confused. ask, were they, were they fighting in the, in, the, in the Japanese too? Because that felt like a, Way less. a, mis, a misreading of, of what was going on. Yeah, yeah. they were also fighting, but about different things. And, you know, like, there's also the... I mean, it's, it helps that we've seen for the last several episodes, like, that, you know, dozens of episodes that this fighting has been built, has been layered. Like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sure. we fortunately, you know, we know that this exists in the team and it hasn't really been fully addressed and it hasn't fully exploded. Well, and but, that's kind of the problem with how they did it because it's yeah. sort of, if, if they had come at this from a point of view that was like, they just, they plan to do their fake fight as normal, but then they just kind of use that as an excuse to release all their built up tension. That yeah. could have been pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but it was sort of lost in in all of the fake fighting. Yeah, it was lost in not knowing what their plan because it starts. Yeah, it we starts didn't know in the plan at all. Right. It starts in media res and then they do another fight right after that in a jewelry store. But I wasn't sure if they were going back in time to see that how was an we odd got cut. to that yeah. or not. Um, My so reading of that scene was that Ninjana just tries to look like a regular burglar, goes to Molly's store because she knows Sailor Moon is friends with Molly to kind of bait the scouts into showing up. Right, right. Um, that's that's a lot of reading between the lines that they don't give us. But that no, was how I made it sense of what so happened. Fast that. Yeah. Like, God, it's yeah, it's so weird. It's super it's a super jarring beginning. And then mm -hmm. the it's episode not until can the never... third fight that we actually no. find out the plan. Right. Yeah, especially when Ninjana darts away and return and turns into the the scary journalist. The yeah, she mm -hmm. turns into the Rita Skeeter. She turns into paparazzi. Like, yeah, the Rita quickly. Skeeter. Because <laughs> uh, it was weird because the scouts didn't say that they like knew she was following them, which I think maybe could be implied from the fact that they've been staging these things. Yeah, I don't know, uh, but <laughs> I didn't really believe they just let Ninjana get away and didn't even address it. 
that there's just a reporter here now and they're like oh well well okay yeah in exactly the same spot that Ninjana was <laughs> <laughs> there's suddenly a reporter although i did really like the 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 juxtaposition here where when a human is badgering them and like really causing extra extra strife and extra conflict they can't just fight her you know they're just getting her they're just getting the shits you know photographed out of themselves and have no real recourse because yeah. they don't fight humans and i yeah. always like that when a supernatural show kind of uses something that the that the that the heroes can't just beat up or kill right, right. well that's what i wish is that i wish this episode was split apart and to do diff- two different things like sure like a real I, journalist and not like a, a not like a, a journalist demon. thing where yeah where a journalist exists and is sort of interviewing kind of the way they did in harry potter in book four uh where those no. fun wizard kids had to deal with a, a cantankerous reporter and it was splitting them <laughs> apart uh and you know that that was that was interesting and it could be interesting in sailor moon to see how like suddenly introducing the press and the public as an element to the group you know, in this whole separate thing where they're fighting and doing a fake fight to, you know, lure out Ninjana and Malachite and that kind of thing. And that's just, that's a separate episode that doesn't need a reporter in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, so then, yeah. So, so that night, uh, or the night after, I guess the, the robbery is when we start to get a little clued into what's going on. Mm-hmm. We cut to cut to Sailor Moon, and she's getting a little tush kicked, and it's very funny. Yeah, they actually cut a couple instances of her getting her tush kicked by Mars from earlier in the episode. That yeah, would justify it, 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 it her was lines. kind of weird about the lines, but um, but they were very funny. She's like, they oh, were funny. Don't kick my little butt, not my little butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, they, they they realize here that. Uh, Serena is actually she apparently volunteered for this fake defection plan, but also it was hates apparently the plan. her idea. Yeah, it's her idea, but Which she is also, also hates cool. the plan because it makes it makes her get hurt. She's getting, and she's she scared. didn't know she was going to get kitten those. She didn't know she was going to get those swift butt kicks. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is funny. Uh, I also really liked that it was her plan. I don't know if that was a dub change or not, but I don't think um, so. No, this is the first time we've seen her execute anything resembling a plan. Yeah, I mean, the changes I would say here, other than uh, or like anything reactionary, other than you scheming, know? that's what I mean. Yeah, an active plan that takes like multiple steps. Totally. Yeah. So I think the the big changes for this are just that Mars and Serena and all the other scouts like they shit on her a lot less in the original. And I know we've talked about this for the whole show so far is that Deke really likes shitting on Serena and adding in lines where people don't like her or they make fun well, of her. But like, I think you know something we we talked to. Um... We talked to Michael Uslan about was was this was the fact that um, that there was never a guarantee on on airing in syndication on like air uh, you know show on showing the episodes in order mm-hmm. and so I think this is one of those things where they show the dynamic every single episode and it doesn't doesn't necessarily work out great yeah I'm sure they hated that this was serialized in some <laughs> ways in some ways I mean I yeah. I, I would hope that. Oh, they you mean the, oh, you mean the, the studios? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the studios. That the American studios would be like, ah, "You sure we can't just air this all out of order?" I mean, we love doing that. <laughs> cough, cough. Canadian studio. Cough, cough. Oh yeah, uh, no, that's that's true. Um, so okay, the there's an amazing scene that happens in the negaverse. Uh, 
where it is very very good. But it's like a comedy scene for a second. Uh, no, Minjana, but it's the sickest burn. Oh, they're so good. Oh no, this isn't. This might not be the sick burn yet. Maybe uh, I think. But well, we'll see. We'll see. Mal- Malachite's getting real impatient with Ninjana, who hasn't been giving him information, and Ninjana's like. He's like, you got anything for me? And Jonathan says, see for yourself. And he like floats in upside down. And Malachi <laughs> goes, what? You're turning into a bat? And he says, well, aren't you the Snidemeister? Yeah, those are very funny. The bat comment was funny. I, I think it's one of those funny jokes that wouldn't work if you had written it for the show you were making. But as mm-hmm. a... Uh, as a dub line, that's very funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Just be> like, <laughs> well, and that... the person already showed up like a bat. <laughs> yeah. And they had no control over that. No. So you can kind of you can do those kinds of lines. Mm-hmm. Which sort uh, of feels like a fan edit. You know, yeah, it's kind of a fan edit. Like a, a bridge series sort of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's there's actually I, I skipped I skipped an important scene. Uh this is the only other important scene before the like climax of the episode. Uh is Serena delivering the like uh the the like hey I want to defect note to she the reporter. She goes to the reporter. Yeah. Uh, whose real human name is like Nancy Vargas or something, but she's Serena shows up with Luna on her shoulder and is like, I have a message for you from Sailor Moon. Says Serena, who looks like just yeah. like Sailor Moon. And she I hands don't know, her. I don't know if Luna's been outed yet. Uh, well, okay, but she hands her an envelope from Sailor Moon and it's got a sticker of Sailor Moon's face on it, which just drives the <laughs> point home. And then another sticker, like closing the envelope, of a cat that looks just like Luna. The cat that's, that's on that's Serena's true. fucking shoulder right now. It's like, it's like, look, this is me. I'm Sailor Moon. Like, it also, made, Luna, a cat with a moon on on her face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but so this was this was the line I really liked. So so well, it leads into it. So uh-huh. so Serena gives this letter, and the reporter makes an offhand comment about how the spelling is bad. You know, a nice oh, little, yeah. a, sweet, uh-huh. a good dig mm-hmm. on Serena. But then later, when when Ninjana delivers the letter yeah. to Malachite and is like, "Notice anything?" And he's like, huh, "She can't read. <laughs> yeah, she can't. She can't spell." <laughs> yeah, it's fucking amazing. Like that was that was my only laugh out loud moment of these three episodes. It was very funny to me. I laughed at you're turning into a bat, and I laughed at you can't. She can't spell. It's so funny. But I, I also think it's it's interesting that they've just said fuck it in these late dub episodes, and they're like. Malachite's funny now. We don't care. He, he was <laughs> yeah. really serious McQueen. before, but but now he's McQueen. funny and he says McQueen and and fuck it, and makes jokes. Uh, he used so, to make some jokes when he was just a when he was a but a lowly tunnel hunk. <laughs> <laughs> he, he would he would make he would crack wise from his tunnels. Uh, all right. So the the big like defection meeting here. This is where things are really out of whack because. Yeah, so the the night of the official meetup between the Negaverse and Sailor Moon is here. Mm-hmm. And... You can continue, I was just prefacing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Malachite and Ninjana, their side is basically like, you give us the crystal and we'll take us take you with us to go see Tuxedo Mask. And she's like, no, you guys bring Tuxedo Mask here so I can fix him, and then I'll give you the crystal. And they're fighting over it. And all the Sailor Scouts are hiding in the bushes nearby, sort of watching tensely, like, oh, man. Because the whole point of this, of course, is so that Serena can get to the Negaverse. Um, and in the in the, the, the crucial moment here, they, re, like, they turn on her, and she gets captured, kind of, by the Ninjana's, like, ribbons. 
and the, the negaverse turns down by on Riven. They decide that this that this that this defection is more trouble than it's worth, and just right. attack. And in this moment where Serena is struggling like crazy, it's revealed that Sailor Mars is the one who currently actually has the Crescent Moon Wand and the Imperium Silver Crystal. Right, which is a cool surprise, a cool twist. It was a cool twist, and they totally botched it. Yeah. In the original, it's because Sailor Moon entrusted Mars with the wand. Because I got that impression. Because she knew that the whole point of the plan was to get to the Negaverse, and she didn't want to bring the valuable wand right. with her. She yeah. wanted to bluff her way through. Yeah. And Mars is basically, like, struggling because she goes, fuck, I want to continue with this plan and give Moon a shot, but she's clearly in over her head and really hurting. So do we save her or do we let her continue with the plan? But that's not how right. they did it in the dub. No. No, they made it about Ray by making some weird power play. And, and on top of that, a kind of weird cartoon logic where where the coup would work like if she has the if she has the wand then the other sailor scouts would just have to respect her lead <laughs> right which is totally fucking weird but yeah it's like it's it's we're led to believe that mars has the wand because serena who just leaves shit everywhere just left the wand in mars's room and mars kept it because mars wants to be leader yeah, I talk about character that ex- assassination. Absolutely. <laughs> I believe that she had forgotten it as, I mean, I, I thought it was clear like you guys did that um, that in the original, this was a part of the plan. Uh-huh. But I believed that reading of it, that it had been forgotten until she's like, uh, you know, I, I, I would have given it back. And then they're like, no, you wouldn't have. And... Uh, the whole when the, when it de, when it devolves into the fight about Ray taking over, it was it was pretty clearly a uh, I don't know, a dub change that didn't really suit the moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You take away the agency that Serena had as like the hero of the show to like, hey, she actually had a good plan. Um, and you already get some like interesting discussion and interesting conflict just from Ray having it, and yeah, just from I agree. them being separated and her sort of having the wand. And them choosing whether to use it is still good conflict. And, and it yeah. doesn't, this whole extra layer is so baffling to me. It's, it's, it's annoying because I think that they thought that they needed to, you know, say exactly what's going on. Say the things that are happening this episode because it was too subtle otherwise, which I disagree. I think it was pretty obvious yep. if, even if they don't need to, you know, say it, which it. You know, I'm an adult watching a kids show, so grain of sand there. But um, I felt like they they were concerned people weren't getting it and went too hammy on 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 the conflict. Yeah. Well, and then there's that weird part where they put a shark in and then Ray skied over mm, it. Ray skis over the shark real quick. I didn't skis like that us. at all. I thought it was the best part. <laughs> So then the so at some point though the the other Sailor Scouts show up uh they have decided that that Sailor Moon either can't finish the fight oh she calls for them doesn't she I think she says yeah. okay guys this time it's this time it's real you can come join us now which again is a dub change I like that one I I it it that one that part of it read good to me I liked that um, too Mhm 
but then they 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 yeah. face off with ninjana malachite fucks the fuck out of there uh ninjana like goes all naruto and makes a bunch of copies of her, himself herself i don't really know um but yeah i don't know they they win of course and then moon and mars are kind of fighting and blowing raspberries at each other again and then we get out of this episode that was very confusing. it's another fight where where mercury gets to where the bubbles don't suck which is fun <laughs> mm-hmm. that's true that's very true Maybe they realized it along the way. They were like, ooh, we're like 30-some episodes in. Maybe we should actually stop let's nerfing let, our, our, our most competent live. person. Let's let the bubbles live. Let them breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Power of the bubbles. Uh, Sailor, v, Sailor V has a move called her Crescent V Beam, which is a little, little, little <laughs> risque. <laughs> <laughs> is it? The Crescent V? She's going to shoot a beam a little... right should it be right out of her crescent V? <laughs> <laughs> her fertile crescent. <laughs> her fertile crescent V. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sailor says, we touched on it earlier. It's like, you can fight with your... I liked a lot of the, what was going on in this one. It kind of... Yeah. It doesn't save the episode, but uh, it m- at least puts a, a strong moral at the end that I, that I resonated with. Um, yeah. You know, uh, if you fight with your friends, A, it's okay to agree to disagree, and B, you know, sometimes just horsing around fighting, you know, you might say something that, you know, is not okay. and you. <laughs> yeah, both things I've had to learn uh, on this podcast with you two. Ooh. Hey, Austin. Yes. Uh, this week we have a very very special new sponsor, and they they are just they're just waiting in the wings for us to tell everybody all about this great new thing that we do. Oh man, I'm so Greg, so great. I'm, I'm so, so great Greg. and so clever. I'm just so Greg. I'm so Greg. <laughs> I'm really so, Greg. So I'm so Greg. No. Yeah, well, Rory, why don't you feed me the thing that I already know? Oh, great, great, great news. So this week I would like you to tell us about Mom's Good Night Lobster. Mm. Mom's Good Night Lobster is a new restaurant that is very exciting. That is uh, only serving at your room. Whoa. Uh, and it's a new restaurant. It comes to your room at night when you're getting a little sleepy and you've been a good boy or a girl all day. And it's uh, is your mom. It is your mom who comes in with a good, good night lobster. She's baked a lobster for you. She's baked it in butter. And it's coming right for you. It's it's coming in an airplane that's flying right into your mouth and then your tummy. It's very good. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, my mom does it. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know if anybody else, like, but I assume it's just kind of happening to everybody uh, where your mom comes in. I don't think my mom's ever done this well it's it's coming this is why it's new right it's it's ha- it's gonna start to happen to more people i believe hey uh hey rory sidebar yeah what is it do you think this sponsor is just austin's mom <laughs> trying to convince austin that this restaurant is real <laughs> i'm i'm not even sure she actually brings him lobsters oh god <laughs> i think this is some weird side plot he's living in oh no so yeah so your mom your mom comes in with that lobster she puts a bib on you so you don't spill butter and shells on your on your jammas i'm confident she doesn't do this for him <laughs> yeah, it can't be real she ties you that bib and she puts you back in your little crib and and tucks you in and she feeds you like a baby yeah okay yeah cool that sounds great austin mm-hmm. uh 
Uh, who, who, how do, does, what does it, what does it cost you? It just costs you uh, three kisses on the cheek. Austin, you don't live in the same city as your mother. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why it's a new special restaurant service, and it just, it gets your mom uh, over to your house, no matter how far away. Well, Austin, are you sure that's not somebody breaking into your house and giving you lobsters <laughs> and kisses? <laughs> Look, you gotta break it to him easy. I mean, you can't just, you it's, can't just... you know, like, she said she was my mom. Uh, and I just, I believe, I believe my mom. I'm not going to call my mom a liar. So if my mom says she's my mom, then she's my mom, Rory. Okay. You can't fight that logic. Even if she does have a different face and clothes. Well, How many kisses does she take? How many kisses does she steal? Well, I don't think any kisses are stolen <laughs> when you're giving them to your mom. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for mom, mother, mom's good night lobster. It's a good ad, Austin. We, it didn't make me worried about you at all. It's very good. <laughs> Cleaning up the territory, keeping evil on its toes. Takes a different all right, the tension is high. We have just, in very slow motion, gotten onto the ramp. We see Omar about six feet ahead of us his mouth just agape, and we are prepping to jump or not jump. We haven't figured it out. But Boombox th- is playing some sweet tunes. Yeah. Some, some like, power ballads get us all pumped. Yeah, it's playing Two Princes by Spin Doctors. Yeah, <laughs> the best 90s power ballad. Uh, and I think that it's going to take us a while to be on this ramp, so we probably have enough time to talk about Moo Mesa episode 26, The Wild Wild Pest. I think we've got time. We probably took up that time. Cool. Great. Because we jumped all the way to the end of this show because we don't want to watch it anymore. <laughs> we also we also just, you know, we finished season one and we didn't want to like commit to season two. We want to move on to some other stuff and we kind of thought it would be fun to see how it ended. So yeah, uh, right. having watched an episode in a special earlier, we were one episode shy of our thirteen episode mm-hmm. order. Uh or we were one episode over. No. Shy. Yeah, we're shy. Whatever, whichever, whichever one with the one is where we watch fourteen episodes. Yeah. Uh, so this is the last one. We watched the last one, and here's the summary: Jr. takes Cody Calf and Buffalo Bull to the invention convention on the Dixie Trixie, using his airship. Mules Vern and his henchmen steal the Dixie Trixie so that he can force all the inventors on board to help him take over Moo Mesa by building a giant robot cowboy to raid the <laughs> governor's mansion. Good yeah, Lord. so if, if, if that has, yeah, if that's anything, that's nothing like, uh, I don't think any Jules Vern book. I don't know if it's supposed to be. <laughs> you know, the one I'm where he sure steals was... a boat from the sky? Yeah, well, 20, yeah, you could, va- you could vaguely do a 20,000 thing, but I don't think. This really has much to do with 20,000. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure this is the only appearance of Mules Vern. So. Um, maybe. I don't know. It sounded like he'd been around before, but I, as far as looking at uh, the Wikipedia sun- summaries of the other episodes in season two, I don't think he's been around. Yeah, I think I that think was they've just, just them... sort of seeded some, some world building here, like how right. uh, Tara Bull's brother was supposedly some guy with a big backstory. Right. Yeah, right. they they just drop in a line where Moo is like, it has to be M- Mules Vern. God, I can't even say it because we have Moo and Mules, and it's just really fucking yeah. Me <laughs> so um, we need to talk in a big way about season two. Okay, it's very different. 
Yeah, I mean, like, just judging by this one episode, it seems like they've they've chucked all of the like let's ground it in real cowboy kind of shtick away, and they're going yeah. full zane, zany town. It's full zany, and Billy it's a zane. different animation company. It, this is Billy Zane, you guys. <laughs> Billy um, Zane, zany, Billy Zane, zany comics, <laughs> zany cartoons. Uh, but so for season two, they went with a completely different animation company. Um, called Ruby Spears, like a... Ruby Spears Productions, which did season two. Um, wow. There was another company that did season one. Yeah, they went with a completely different company. Uh, Ruby Spears, they also, their credits include... They sound familiar. Uh, Bang Face, Goldie Golden Action Jack, The Plastic Man Comedy Adventure Show, Thundar the Barbarian, Rubik the Amazing Cube, the 1983 <laughs> now, so the version... the animation was, was worse, right? That was your impression? Generally. It was it, it yeah, better in some cheaper. ways. It's like there a, were a couple little visual ticks that were nice, but they did a lot of the um, that sort of uncanny value thing where every where three people are running and they're all in perfect step with each other. Yeah, and it kind of I don't know. It didn't really feel like they were. I I don't know. I'm I'm not sure how to say this, but it feel it felt a lot like they were redrawing uh, all the different poses and tweening like sort of organically in season one, and this feels mm-hmm. like they kind of started. Like doing yeah, more reusing I, of frames. Confident, I'm confident this was to save money. And yeah. it, yeah, it just felt a little flatter. It felt a little less inspired. Uh, it was, yeah, and to to match with the tonal change as well, it felt extra weird. You know, like it was like sure. not only was it a new style on top of the show, it was a new style and completely different like tone. Sure, and I hated that. <laughs> it was so weird. Um, I actually watched the a little bit. I skipped around for the oh, first yeah? episode of season two. Okay. And at the end of episode one of season two, they actually kick uh, Sheriff Terrible out of town. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, they kick yes, they, they kick Terrible they kick Terrible out of town. Like following uh, De- or, uh, Montana coming back mm-hmm. and to to be like Marshall again. Mm. Like he he's like back like so glad you're back and then he just sets up the marshal's office like they tear the sheriff sign down and they Damn. send terrible like to another town. Um, why didn't they do that before? I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> I don't know. He wasn't a useful sheriff, but you know. So this whole thing feels like season two is being kicked off with a lot of studio notes. Sure. Yeah. This is like okay. We need to switch it up. We need some new villains. We need some new style. We got a new animation company. So like, let's Which change is... up the dynamic. Cody gets a a fun dog <laughs> named Shag. Oh, yeah, the dog is the dog Shag. is awful. And I, w- I was just gonna say really quickly. Uh, while Terrible's henchmen are at times uh over the top, generally I like him as a villain, and I especially have liked having h- him and the and the mayor as these. They're not like a perfect team. They live in the town with all the other people. There's a lot going on there that I think we've talked about early in the show that is just, it's so much different than than other shows where the bad guys live in bad guy on the bad guy planet or in the bad guy universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right. They're fully in the world and they are not, and they still have a, a plausible reason why they can't just be killed and kicked out of town. Yeah, right. We gotta talk about the episode. I know we don't want okay. to. Yeah, we, we've yeah, got it's it. it's real crappy. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Um, uh, let's. I don't know. How can I? Can Cody I do has it invented really a cane on a string. They do a little <laughs> bit of cartoon gaggery where the 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 um 
not sheriffs, the uh, marshals. Marshals. Um, the marshals are momentarily confused, but totally catch him. Uh, he Cody. Yeah, because he's he's invented a tin can phone and he's using it to to act like his yeah, dog is talking. And very much the way that Moo is this sort of like white man who's never experienced failure. Cody is this white boy who's never experienced failure, and he believes his Canada string is going to win an adventure convention with <laughs> with Jr. A man who has invented a beam that melts the sun. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, you know, spoiler alert, he beats JR with his can on the string. Yes, he does. Yeah. I, I yeah, it's it's funny because like th- this is like the one sort of setup and payoff in the episode is that Cody invents this tin can phone and then it becomes useful later in the episode and because it was useful they sort of it, it seems like they just kind of give him the prize at the end for, for yeah yeah for, for saving the day yeah even though yeah. somebody uh, invented I, a helicopter and they didn't use it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, although I will uh, the, the 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 small amount of points I'll give them for that for it was that they establish it not only as like what's going to be this sort of thing that saves the day in the end but also it's kind of the what what sets up the whole premise of the show. I mean, the bad guys were going to rob the adventure convention with or without Cody, but yeah. we'd have no reason to be there. True. And to be to be clear, I have two very large questions about the premise of this show, of this episode and which to remind you from the summary I read, Mules Vern is this bad guy with an airship and he steals all the inventors at the convention so that they can build him a giant robot. Right, right. It's like the Iron Man origin scenario where mm-hmm. it's like you put Tony Stark in a cave. Yeah, it's kind of cool, but it's also kind of like I don't really believe this guy lives in a castle on top of the spire. He has a flying airship. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. already has the plans he, to make a giant cowboy. He already has robot. the plans for his robot, which is just a picture he drew of a robot, which is very funny. <laughs> Those are my two questions. It's just him, it's just him in a robot suit. And he's <laughs> my my two questions are if he already but, has but, an airship. But to finish the thought, to finish the thought really quick, Andy. Uh, but I think you're about to say the same thing. Um, I don't believe he can't invent uh, a robot because we've seen no no shortage of technical wonder and yeah. splendor from him. Yeah. Right. He's already also, got an airship that can carry a boat. He doesn't need yeah, a shitty robot just, to take over the governor's mansion. Just drop the boat on top of the governor's mansion. Like, yeah, drop, done. Drop, you shoot your cannons at the governor's mansion. You have a cannons on your airship. You have a I weapon do, of war. I did kind of like going to... Um, to the governor's mansion as just to pay off for the fact that the mace is bigger than this one town. If, yeah. if, if we mm-hmm. make a point of making these guys federal marshals, it's been nice right. to see a little bit more of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would agree. I would now, agree. Like increasing the stakes there. Now I don't want to harp on this, but I do have one more question and it's a bit more Please. of a subtle point. If he's got the plans for the robot already, why does he need inventors to build it? Would he not need just skilled labor of any kind? <laughs> uh, you could be right I, I might say that in a in a small town environment it's unlikely you're going to find somebody who like built you don't have the town robot smith so. he hasn't figured <laughs> out he hasn't do. figured out how servos work ah <laughs> uh, yeah so maybe it is just a shitty child's drawing of a cowboy robot and he needs them to fill right. in all the empty space <laughs> in the middle ah uh, god yeah i, I think I, that's he's just he's just got Gundam fantasies and he wants other he people does. to fulfill his needs. <laughs> uh, now they do they do pay this off with a little bit of of cartoon logic, but <laughs> so so uh, 
Moo and and the marshals are at the Pueblo. I think they're searching for clues for where Jr. might have gone. Yeah, is so that they, why they know there? that Jr. was taken, but but Jr. is still the only one who has cool inventions or any like good ideas. In this <laughs> so town. they go raid his house for stuff. Yeah, they go raid his house for toys and they get <laughs> ambushed. Um, but in this in this this is a very derelict Pueblo. Like there's not a lot going on besides uh, Jr. Uh, JR's house. And yeah, they're Mu like, hey, out. JR's house will maybe, I don't know, have a helicopter or something. <laughs> but, but, uh, despite the fact that this is, there's almost, there's no shortage of, of like, uh, empty space. When, after, after the bad guys have set off a bomb in JR's house, uh, Moo Montana throws it into somebody's, like, full wagon of corn. Someone's <laughs> corn wagon like, just like sitting Like, they're full day's labor picking corn. <laughs> Uh, but also, so this this bomb is like and a the, barrel of gunpowder. It's, it's a like a cake, cake bomb. Yeah, and they're like, "There's no way to stop this." Like, <laughs> it's a it's as a they're bomb-y. standing there with the their, the fuse. It's in his hand, and the fuse is like slowly going down. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and there's no way to stop it. <laughs> really? Fucking really? put your fingers on the fuse, you piece of shit. Yeah. No, I'd rather <laughs> blow up some poor Indian's maze. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, it's just well and then it's all for the purpose of a dumb gag where it rains popcorn. Yeah, yeah that was what I was gonna get to, yeah. It, it's whatever. Whatever. This show's dumb and we're this is the last time we're gonna talk about it. Uh so but the the three marshals find just a diagram for a hot air balloon sitting around in JR's house. Yep. And they're like, Oh, perfect. There we go. Great. Let's go have the town make it. We need Miss Lily to to sew us a hot air balloon. And they fucking do, and it <laughs> takes them like two minutes. Yeah, it would have been cool if there was like, okay, there's a whole montage of them working together and banding sure. together the town to build. It's like it's this is a season finale. This is a series finale. Yeah, like whether they knew it at the time or not. Whether they knew it at the time, but at least give us some like more time with the people in the town, like working together. Like in Chicken Run, there's a whole great <laughs> montage where they're building a, their giant airship to like fly out of the coop. And it's like one of the greatest moments of the movie, like a good montage where everybody works together is like is good. It's good shit. Oh, it, it's it's all it's always good. And 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 for as for as, you know, incredibly mediocre as most of the show has been, with some good highlights, I don't want to dump on it too hard, but no. now now set against the the season finale of season 1 that we just watched, it it's it's so much worse than the first season. Yeah. Like in every in every way, not only is this the show kind of peak nonsense, the animation is uglier. Um there's also the fact that there's not a not a dollop, not even a droplet of character in this episode. No, or the uh-uh. cleverness, like the the cleverness in the writing that we saw in every episode of season one. There yeah, was like little good, funny good dialogue turns of phrase. Yeah, it's gone. It's all gone. It's all gone. Guys, I want to join you on shitting on this show right now, but I'm still smiling ear to ear because Austin made a chicken run reference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like not over it yet. <laughs> yeah, because Chicken Run's a great movie. It's a good movie. How about that movie, Chicken Run? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's let's uh, let's jump ahead. Um, Cody Cody gets free because they take all the bad guys or not all the bad guys. They take all the inventors to the hideout. Cody ends up invention Island. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Uh, not really, but it's basically what they do. 
Cody lowers his dog out on a rope down to the down to the ground and the he had, world's longest rope yeah a really <laughs> long rope and he he's got a tin can phone hey, attached to the dog which has a really 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 long string because apparently it stretches all the way from where they're being captured to I'll this allow little cartoon site. logic on the string on the can on a string gag, I, I mean yeah. I will too if it was just the length of the string but the fact that he has a rope that reaches the ground but it was rope is like too. why and can't... rope I cannot abide <laughs> I like, will not abide no. rope jokes but if he's got that rope that's that long, just won't fucking Cody rope just, jokes Cody climb, just climb down, down the rope climb down yeah. the rope Cody you've got the length of rope that you need you just used yeah. it to free your dog there's got to be a better way. You know, here's the thing. Now they have this dog in play that they've got to fucking use because the studio wanted a dog. And yeah, so they now did. they're like, great. Now we got to use the dog somehow. So I <laughs> guess he's got to like lower down the dog and then they can do the can and the string, even though it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Nope. Anyway, he, he tells them about the plans and the governor's mansion, and all this shit. And so everybody meets at the governor's mansion and the big giant, you know, Calvin Gallian robot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Is there? That's, that's gonna be. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just demerit myself now. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna have to be a hundred points. Oh, sorry, let me go demerit myself. A hundred ah. points, please. hundred points, please. Ah. Ah. Is that a hundred? Yeah, that's a hundred. Okay. okay, good. Good, good, good. Um, yeah, they fight. There's a big showdown, and the only noteworthy thing that I have to say about the end is that we get the fucking funniest gun yet. And this, <laughs> yes, this robot has a big old pair of guns that shoot boots. <laughs> with spurs. <laughs> the boots with the spurs, with the spurs. The, and the, the gun shoots the boots. And the spurs cut like a hole in the wooden floor and the governor's guards fall through the floor. It's like... That's the kind of nonsense that I it was fun and silly that I missed from season one. I wish the whole mm-hmm. episode's nonsense was that kind of nonsense. Right. We yeah. also have uh, back to animation, like no consistency with the size of this robot. The robot walks through a pair of double doors in the governor's mansion, and it's like below the like it's just walking through the doors. Like before, it was this like towering robot, mm-hmm. and now it's just casually walking through the doors of a house. <laughs> Yeah, the size is inconsistent for sure. Okay. So it took me out of it. If I'm going to get a Wild Wild West right, <laughs> giant robot cowboy, at least have him walk through the goddamn wall and just break it. You know, or, you're, a big, you're a big cowboy robot. You don't or, need to use doors. I mean, I would have been way happier if this giant robot was a giant spider robot. Yes. You know, like that famous wonderful movie, The Wild Wild West. Wiki Wiki Wild Wild. Wiki Wiki Wild Wild. Desperado don't want none of this six gun in this. Loveless. Yeah. All that stuff. I I would have been much happier. (laughs) Yeah. Guys, we got to say goodbye to this show. We gotta say goodbye yeah. to Cowboys and Mumesa while West last, Cowboys and Mumesa. It's the last time we're gonna. It's the last time we're gonna talk about it. I just want to say we did. I mean, I already mentioned Cody wins at the end. We watched. We watched Jr. build this robot out of nothing, mm-hmm. <laughs> out of a box in of scraps, in, fr- in front of the guy, in front of the judge. Yeah, yeah. He literally Tony Starked his way <laughs> to the end. Like of the episode, and we still give it to the little white kid. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know what? Yeah, fuck you, Mumesa. Y- you fuck you, Mumesa. Yeah. 
done with this. <laughs> Get out of my life. Now, <laughs> as sort of a send-off, I would like to introduce a new segment that I don't have a name for. Uh, but It's called Fuck You Forever, Get Out of My Life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I'd like to read you guys uh, just a small selection of summaries of <laughs> movies of fan fiction. <laughs> Oh, oh no! Boy. <laughs> oh, good gravy! So, just a couple, just a couple. I want to give you an idea, just to wet your beak. Mm-hmm. So here's here's some from Mumesa. Uh, there's one called A Wild Blessed Love Story, and here's the summary. So I got to watch an old cartoons on YouTube again. This story features a kidnapping, a rescue, an adventure that mirrors old Western romance, and an old goat. You'll have to wait for the goat. He won't show up for a while. It focuses on <laughs> Colorado. Yeah. It focuses on Colorado and my original character, Elizabeth Cowthers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oof. Uh, Here's a good one. Uh, it's called Cody's Misadventure. Cody and Jake uh, thought everything would be all right after their adventure in old Skull Duggery's silver mine. But oh, Miss- is Jake my boy? I think Jake's my boy. <laughs> Jake's your boy. Jake's your boy. <laughs> but Miss Lily's about to learn what happened, and she ain't happy. Contains corporal punishment and nudity. You don't like it? Don't read it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Holy moly. Oh, no. Why put in the sweet boy who's afraid of getting eaten by ghosts if you're just going <laughs> to just gonna sex him up? And, ugh. I went, okay. That poor sweet child. Okay, but this is my favorite because I fell down a rabbit hole looking through this person's other stories. <laughs> so this is the well, summary. This is person. He writes more, writes more than one. So this, is my, this is my summary. This is the summary. I didn't write this. Trust me. Uh, Mom escaped her abusive boyfriend and fled here to Mumesa, where she falls in love with Dad and his friends, who become my big brothers. But what we all didn't know was that Mom's phone had a tracker in it, which leads Axel here to try and take Mom back to the city with him by force, which makes her have me two weeks early. Follow my adventures as I become a cowgirl. (laughs) (laughs) This story is called... This is very real. This was definitely written by somebody who all those things have happened to. (laughs) It's called Mom Meets Moo and His Friends Who Become My Dad and Big Brothers. <laughs> and this person also has other fanfics and other shows, uh, like in Street Do Sharks. Do they also become her dad? Well, we've got a couple stories, like they wrote stories for Street Sharks called Kidnapped My Big Sister Rips Her and Leaving Home at 14, Leaving My Diary of Revenge Behind. And oh my oh. god, this this person is... This person is <laughs> And then the person is a killer. serial killer leaving a breadcrumb <laughs> thing. <laughs> and then they wrote one for Pokemon called Raised by the Legends when Ash and Iris refused to be my parents. <laughs> <laughs> can our new segment be can we try to figure out if this cartoon character will become our dad? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just there's only like 50 stories on fanfiction.net for Mumesa, but I just, I really wanted to look at them, so that was me. I just wanted, I wanted to share that. Yes, thank you, Andy. It's very good. Um, Mumesa. Yeah. Thanks, Mumesa. Mumesa thanks for, thanks for several months. Smell you later, Mumesa. Smell <laughs> you later for good. As the cowboys say, howdy. That howdy. means hello and goodbye. Hey, Rory. Whoa, what? Rory, can you tell me about our brand new, spe- very special sponsor, a very exciting, very special sponsor? Please tell us about it. Yeah. <laughs> Please tell us about hair that gets everywhere. Hair that gets everywhere is a product from 
the guys who brought you uh, the guys who brought you th- such sprays as uh, dirty up your walls and uh, make your make your place smell worse. So this is <laughs> this, <laughs> this is some hot ticket items. It will right. So like, if you ever been, so say you're say you're a bachelor and you've just cleaned up your place because you have your so you have a paramour visiting for the evening and now your place is. Spotless. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. But guess what? The boys are coming over tomorrow, and now your play is too clean. <laughs> oh, I see where you're going. So you spray those, you you dirty up your walls, and you put your man funk back in the air, and the final touch is is a hair that gets everywhere. Is this it is one hair that gets everywhere. Oh, it's like a silly string. It's like a silly string, so you're sure the boys will notice and say, uh-oh, uh-oh, somebody's been up to no good. Somebody's been doing what, <laughs> doing nighttime pranks. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll coyly smile to your friends and say, oh, I don't know. I think that was from the previous tenant. I don't know. I'm just doing what boys do when they're alone and don't have girlfriends. I'm just a boy and I don't have a girlfriend. Nobody comes and visits me in the night. I'm just a, just a lone boy. Keep it keep to myself. Look at all these dirty walls. Been shedding. I just shed this hair and I've got dirty walls because you know. So these are these are products for these are these are a men's care product for when you want to impress the boys with how little you try. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. I'm going to buy that one hair. You buy that hair that gets everywhere, dude. <laughs> but deep in my heart, I feel love so alive. Hey, everybody. We are literally in air right now. We have gone off the jump. Ooh. We've got our friend Omar the shark. He's snapping his teeth a, below us. A, we are flying in slow motion. Below us as we fly through the sky in slow motion. Yeah, we're looking at him. He's looking at looking us. Right at him. He's looking uh, at us too. And he here's the thing. Big surprise. He gives us a wink, like he's in on it the whole time. One funny little wink. One cute wink from our friend. Yeah, Omar like, the shark. like he's like, hey, there you go, my but friends. It, he gives us a wink, but he also has a shotgun because he is still Omar from the wire, and he sticks us up. Right. Yeah, so oh. we we can't do anything. Yeah, we but... really are dropping the shark. No, <laughs> no, no our, shark, our, shark, our shark jumped in the game. Unironic. Our shark jump just jumped the shark is what happened. <laughs> no, and in that and moment, he jumped off, and now he's jumping the shark while jumping the shark. Time time is stands is is standing still. Time is frozen around us because <laughs> uh, we've we've completed this this total like shark jump. And like every time you jump the shark, it's like another layer in Inception, and so it slows down time even more. Almost to a, to a complete stop. Damn. So, yeah, that's where we're at, and we have time now. We have time at last now to watch the series finale of Cyber Six. Mm. Yeah. And then talk about it. Sure. Should sure. we? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. let's do, I want. Let's I do want those you in, the, to do in that. that order. Let's do that. Okay. Good. Well. Well. Then we just watched it. Oh yeah. And, there it is. And here's the synopsis for episode thirteen: the final confrontation. Von Richter sends an island-sized living bomb to destroy Meridiana at midnight. However, Jose is determined to keep the city for himself. He reverses the direction of the bomb, which explodes and destroys the laboratory, killing Von Richter and his failed experiments while Cyber Six escapes. Gimme, gimme, gimme a bomb after midnight. <laughs> it's so weird. The, uh, yet again, I mean, I get that this is the last one, 
but it's just it's so repetitive on these problems like why would it take until midnight why couldn't it just explode now sure it's sitting this in the harbor yeah 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 so my impression from this episode was one of a few things almost definitely happened um because it starts off very slow it starts off Kind of like with like a, a light Godzilla vibe, mm-hmm. and then yeah, a little cuts teaser. into this into this into this rapid fire plot stuff that's going on. And either between last episode and this one is when they found out they were shit canned. Right. I don't mm-hmm. know if maybe they had footage for two or maybe even three episodes. This there is so much plot stuff, and 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 it's and it's not really happening in logical order. There's it's just not stuff happening. Either. There's nothing earned, and. And there are, especially towards the end, a lot of points that what is what signaled to me that this is either a two-parter that they had to squeeze into one or, you know, put put together out of uh, leftover footage. There's yeah or, yeah or rather or or rather. Yeah. Or they they knew it was going to end some some combination of those three because they, it starts getting real wacky. It was almost a two-parter because the beginning uh ends with it clearly her, should be two parts yeah the beginning starts with uh jose being like you know being lectured for failing to get cyber six which we can assume was the episode just before this uh because they don't specify what thing he failed to do and cyber six still has this arm pain that she had from last time yep mm-hmm. so it could be that this was you know meant to be a direct continuation from last episode but there's not a narrative cliffhanger or anything that this is in response to. This is just, you know, starts up again from the beginning. Right. And I do like what I, I like the comparison to Godzilla because that's the strongest part of the episode is that this, this giant there's this giant, like, like it said in the summary, like an Island sized <clears throat> living creature with tentacles. That is also a bomb that is slowly and inexorably moving towards the center of town from the sea. And mm-hmm. which again goes back to my point of there being two episodes because it, it doesn't really take very long for it to get there. It's there in like five minutes into the episode. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. It's also not autonomous. Like it's being it's... controlled by or it's being controlled by Von Reichter. It yeah. doesn't it doesn't have its own. Who makes his first in-person appearance of the show. Yes, he does. Yeah. Which again would have been a great season finale. Um, if it had made any sense that he was there now. Well, that or if we had seen him earlier doing stuff and kind of understanding more of his goals and understanding more of what he wanted. Yeah. Having him die. I mean, he dies here. He dies here. Having done and nothing. And all he apparently wants to do is blow up Meridiana for no reason. I don't really well, get right. it. Well, so before he just, I guess he wanted to kill Cyber Six and now he his son hasn't been able to kill Cyber Six, so he's like, fuck it, I'm just blowing this whole place up, and then now the world will see my power. So yeah. he does want to rule the maybe, world. Yeah, he, I think he wanted to... I think those two goals were not connected at first. Jose didn't show up to Mariana to kill Cyber Six. He no. was supposed to take the city for Von Richter. Yep. Right. Uh, and, he, and he has failed to do so because of Cyber Six, so now he's just going to blow it up. The one interesting thing about this episode, uh, character-wise, that I did like, though they didn't pay it off very well, is that Jose is finally fully at odds with his own dad. Uh, yeah. Because what Jose wants is to control and run 
Meridiana like a dictator, but his dad's just going to blow it up after all the work that he's put in. Right. It's my city. It's my city. Yeah. He's been at odds before, but it was kind of normal brat son stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. He still wanted to do nothing but like serve his be father. And they both wanted to be his evil. Father. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's a really wonderful shot. So for context, we find out that uh, Von Richter's like hideout is this observatory on like a big cliffside bluff, like about a mile, several miles out of Meridiana on the other side of the bay. And, and I thought it was a big castle with like plugs and wires sticking out of it. Well, right. That's there's a bit of inconsistency about like, is that the place that we've always seen him? But then like the room with all the like fetus tubes and stuff looks like the exact same room, even though the buildings look different. I don't know. I don't even want to jump down that rabbit hole. It looks very inconsistent. But there's a really, really cool shot that I liked. Uh, Jose goes there to meet with his dad and there's a huge elevator and the elevator like has a view out onto Meridiana. And it's like right after we've established that Jose is kind of pissed about what's going on. And it's just this wordless shot of like we're in the elevator going up and we're seeing the town sort of like spread out in front of us. And you get the idea of what Jose's like thinking. He's like, yeah, I want mm. all of this. I want this to be mine. And it also like reinforces the geography of where they are and how far away from the city that they are, because that's going to be important right. later when the big yeah. thing comes their way. And it was like visual storytelling. Yeah, like a weird oasis of like smart storytelling in the middle of this kind of fuck up of a of a last episode that I did appreciate for a second. And I wanted to call Mm -hmm. it out before we go back to the negative. (laughs) But it's it's an interesting one. I can't say that I wasn't watching interestedly the entire time. Right. Yeah, because I wasn't sure what it was gonna do. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh and it takes us, this is one of the ones where it takes like almost eight minutes for us to even see Cyber Six. Right. Yeah. We have Data Seven, who's been stalking this whole like military convoy of Jose taking these trucks all the way to get up to Another the reason it feels like two episodes, right? It felt like they, they kind of took away my Panther episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get you. I mean, we got we got yeah. some in the in the one with the invisible lady. We got a fair amount of Panther in that one. It was just... There was a fair amount of Panther, and I very <laughs> much love my boy Data Seven. Yeah, Data Seven uh, comes in and and communicates to as soon as everybody sees this Isle of Death show up in the middle of the bay. Uh, Data Seven shows up with a photo of them as kids and wordlessly communicates that, "Hey, this giant thing, it's von Richter." <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So like all we, of needed, a sudden, we needed to there was some other super villain that we needed to be aware of. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, sure. Yeah. Like it's ever been anyone else. But, you know, Cyber Six kind of jumps in and sees this as the season finale. She's like, yeah. all right, it's the season finale. I'm probably going to die. I need to go like tie up all my loose ends with people <laughs> in wordless scenes that look like they ought to have some dialogue, but don't. Mm-hmm. Well, For maybe budget reasons. They're payoffs for, you know, some characters that have briefly recurred. Yeah, because because it would have really... been very weird to just straight up not see them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so again, it's it's one of those things where they probably it, this is the case for it's not out of salvage footage, but they found out they had to make two episodes, one episode, and wrote in some some dialogueless scenes to just animate some stuff going on. Yeah, they had a script. Julian, it was too late to make a, a new script, but they could just they could just show him. Yep. Show Cyber Six talk, you know, walk by <laughs> some folks. Yeah. Yeah. 
and it's it's kind of interesting how they do it but in the end i feel like what it does is rob us of the real scenes that we really ought to have gotten um sure but that wasn't the studio robbed us right not the or the 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 whoever pays the money people those the fat cats right Mm -hmm. the situation of them being canceled and having to cobble together a finale yeah um Uh, we do get that kiss though yeah we do yeah okay so there so cyber six has just kind of appeared next to lucas we don't really get any sort of entry to the scene that's a little awkward but she's just pacing in front of lucas um, in her cyber six outfit and is like, okay, I brought you here to like talk yeah. to you about something. The like, laissez faire relationship between Lucas and cyber six. I still don't really get like mm-hmm. the fact that they're like just casually friends. Like, yeah. Like, Adrian and Lucas have so much history and backstory and like, you know how that relationship works. I don't really, it's, it's, it's again, it would be like if, you know, Superman and Lois Lane were hanging out, but nobody ever addressed the fact that he was Superman. Yeah, and they just <laughs> it's 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 weird. It's weird that nobody mentions this is Superman. Yeah, right. Superman's like, hey, you want to hang out? Like, I, I, mean, <laughs> I, I guess Do you need to like <laughs> punch somebody or no, I'm just, just kind of like a I'm just kind of a sexual tension vampire. I just need to get my fix. Want to come pace yeah. around your apartment for a few minutes and watch you squirm. Yeah, but <laughs> Cyber Six and Lucas do kiss. Uh, you can see yeah. that she's like really struggling to tell Lucas everything, you know, yeah, about her double identity to kiss. And th- they she does kiss Lucas and she's like crying while she does it. It's kind of emotional. And then she because she knows she's night. going she knows she's going to her to face her doom. Right. But also uh, that she still cannot tell him that she's also Adrian. Sure. Um, what she does is cop I, out I she... and tells oh, yeah. Lori doesn't yeah. directly tell Lori. She gives Lori she, her glasses. She does the glasses, yeah. Right. Does the glasses and like, hey, look, I'm wearing the glasses. I'm Adrian and also I'm Cyber Six. So but my impression during this scene, though, was that she knew she wasn't coming back from this. Yes. Oh, sure. Is that oh, correct? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, she says she's not human, which I was the first time we've addressed, you know, that part of her character. Yep. Yeah. Uh, like whether she was origin. built. Yeah. Whether she was built or or just like altered. Yeah, because they mm-hmm. oh, they also take this this final episode to bring up the issue that they only mentioned in the first episode, where she yeah. needs the green goo to live. She does yeah. a little bit of the green goo, I think, last episode or in the circus episode, where yeah. there's like a fallen fixed idea, it's, and she kind of like absorbs they, him. I, I think that it seems like they just cut it so that the show was a little more accessible uh-huh. mm-hmm. to people who like were just jumping in because. There Sensor are enough fights. There's enough. Well, maybe, but I'd say there's enough fights with the fixed ideas to f- to feasibly have green goo. You know, totally. Um, yeah. The only reason to cut it is 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 to make the show make a little more sense to somebody new or censor stuff if they have to like constantly kill them off screen. Yeah. If if the censors just didn't want to have a main character who absorbed other creatures to live like a vampire, but that's kind of the whole idea it's behind true. the character that's kind of like the whole like twist yeah. of the characters we like, like hey, your, your show character. but we uh we don't like your premise but we still want you to do the show the thing that frustrates me is the fact that we could have had some really interesting episodes about cyber six needing to feed oh 100 yeah. and her needing to sustain herself with this whole concept of like i'm not human and i need to like absorb goo to live and I can only get that from a very specific place. And it's like, you know, it's like Peter Parker running out of web fluid or something like yeah. it, it creates interesting scenarios and they just did not use it 
At the all. honest truth is, we know a lot more about Jose's character than Cyber Six is. Yeah, and still, and it's really still, and that's just such a missed opportunity because she's a very interesting character with a lot of weird and we a think. lot of like a lot. <laughs> we think, yeah, she's intriguing. Yeah. Yes. And there's right. a lot of and there and there are a lot of vectors about her personality and her origin and her character that I would like to have seen more of. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably pretty clear that we don't have much to say about the rest of this episode um but yeah well yeah because again it's cobbled together plot stuff for a lot of it after yeah. after about the first eight seven eight minutes it's just plot stuff starts going off uh we mm-hmm. get a confrontation with cyber six and von Richter, which is yeah fun. we also uh, the other big thing is that jose fully decides to defect and he gains he de- control yeah, jose defects gains control of the island and have has the island who is it's already starting to make landfall and Meridiana has it turn around and head back towards the observatory. Um, so the, yeah, so the, the 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 tentacle monster that's also a bomb is is still pretty much is still doing a solid job ravaging the town as just mm-hmm. a tentacle monster. Yep, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> absolutely. But he does it's, he does save it from he does save it from the from the brink of obliteration. Yeah, I mean this thing turns this thing it around. is giant. It moves around like the Omu from uh, from Nazca, the Valley of the Wind. Like just sort of like it's a it, they do a good job of of showing how big it is in the animation and like i was excited for it at the beginning of the episode when they tease it as like oh cool it's this huge creature oh wow it's super big it's super big and cyber six is gonna have to fight that later that's Mm -hmm. awesome i'm super excited (laughs) and then then no it's just a sentient like uh, it's a bomb it's a roomba basically (laughs) yeah it's a a roomba with a nuke attached to it no it's a boomba (laughs) it's a boom it's a boom it's a boomba (laughs) Uh, the other part that anything. felt very rushed. So, so Cyber Six is in Von Rector's laboratory. Yeah, right. Um, and after their confrontation, he releases all of his monsters, all of his, all of his like foul deeds, his, his little foul goo babies, his tank boys, his little goo babies, <laughs> his tank boys. Tank and boys. this was the next. This was the next place I felt like they cut around a lot or, or skipped some skip stuff. These guys, without much explanation, really resonate with and identify with Cyber Six and become. They give a friendly nod and then (laughs) tear out tear out von Richter's guts. Yeah, and he or or about to when the bomb explodes, right? Yeah, yeah, it's some mixture of the two. Uh, Not fully clear, but yeah, Cyber Six is, for all we know, uh, blown up. Though they do end on a kind of the the sort of Batman. Oh, maybe they didn't ending. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean it's pretty clear they're implying that she's still alive. I would tend to agree. Um, yeah, um, it's basically the end far- of the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It totally is. And yeah, I mean we get to see Lori for a second. We even get to see shitty orphan kid Julian for a second. Lori on the back of Julian's scooter Ooh, was another scooter. part. Or Lucas, where, yeah, Lucas, yeah, Lucas. <laughs> Julian, Lucas's <laughs> scooter that um, that I was. It was very clear that they have cut around a lot. Yeah. Like yeah. what? How? What is happening? Well, I don't Lori, know. What well, it was interesting though that so Lori knows the secret that Adrian is Cyber Six, and so she brings the glasses to. And she brings it to Lucas, yeah. And then he, now he knows, yeah. And they jump on together, and it you know it does feel realistic that Cyber Six still wouldn't be able to tell him. Yeah, that in here's, that here's what I would have liked her death. If in a moment, well, lie, sure. Admit that she'd been lying to him. Yep. You know, to re- and I get to that. Re- to rewrite the scene a little bit, because his motivation doesn't make a lot of sense here, because he is in love with, as we know, as we understand, 
Cyber Six and not Adrian. Mm-hmm. Had you flipped that and he just thought of Cyber Six as his cool superhero friend who can take care of herself, mm-hmm. then it would have made sense that he let her run off to her death. And then when she fa- when he found out it was Julian, went to go Adrian. Adrian, went yeah. to go save him. Yeah. 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 No, that would have been. Yeah. yeah. I totally that feel you. That would have been really cool. But that would have required those scenes to have dialogue. <laughs> and as it was, all of those scenes that we just mentioned were like pantomime with music. Uh, you know, and in some ways that could have been cool if it had, if it had been executed well. But really, I just mm-hmm. felt like, again, like I was getting cheated out of like satisfying moments of like, I wanted to know what Lucas said when he found out Adrian was cyber six. Like that's a moment I've been yeah, waiting for the whole th- show. There's an- and there's another really interesting thing where so when he finds out they're one and the same and that they're dead, um, in, in the in the denouement we see him at his <laughs> eating spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't fantasize about Cyber Six being there. He thinks about Julian. Adrian. I keep saying Julian, what is fucking going on? I don't Where did I get Julian in my head from? Because I don't Julian's know. the little orphan kid. Julian's the little orphan boy, okay. Adrian. Yeah, but I, but I still don't know why I keep saying Julian for both Lucas and Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah, it's cool Ugh. that he fantasizes about Adrian, which, you know, is like that's that's real to me because that that's the actual human connection that he made. Yeah. Yeah. That that is I think the most effective scene of the whole episode. 100%. Is when Lucas looks up and we think, "Oh, Adrian's here. Oh, everything's fine." Cyber Six made it out. It's great. And then Adrian disappears in front of our eyes and it's an empty seat, empty chairs and empty, t- empty tables uh, where my friends will say <laughs> nothing, nothing but spaghetti to fill the hole in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a good scene. Yeah. So, yeah. So this was in in sort of uh, final final notes. This was an episode I really wanted to love with a lot of great yes. bits mm-hmm. and too many moving parts to really give it to really get that a plus that i want to give it yep yeah absolutely yeah a real miss yeah i, I so, still enjoyed watching the whole show i mean this is the first show that we've watched all of on this podcast all the way through yeah. which is cool yeah. was was not serialized but was ser- certainly more than uh silverhawks or a or a cereal mesa serial light fully yeah i agree it was fun yeah it was, it was fun. a special k um it's the light cereal I, I have to I, I can't say that I uh, am sad that we watched all of it. It was a really interesting thing to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally, in many cases, a swing and a miss. Uh, yeah. But there but there were a few moments of like really brilliant cartoon. High highs. Stuff. High highs and then a lot of mediums. Mm-hmm. And some mediums. Yeah. And then there's that one racist low, low that we. You know, <laughs> and then there's like, the episode we will speak of. But yeah. otherwise, otherwise, it was never just unbearable. Totally. No. Totally. You know, and but, and then some really good episodes. Mm-hmm. Some and that, was like, a, Bounty a really early forerunner in any kind of like high concept or I don't say high intelligence because the show was 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 approachable, but but they went for something bigger than you know hero boy fights bad bad boy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it it definitely wore its like classic horror references on its sleeve, which was cool. I yeah. Uh-huh. To get a bunch of these like cool hammer horror and and Lovecraft and you know Hitchcock and you know yeah Carpenter all these all these you know horror references were like clearly inspired and Godzilla if you if you think yeah. that that episode might have been kind of a Godzilla episode had they had a full episode to do mm-hmm. it totally um 
I don't want to say goodbye to this show without doing our new favorite segment. Oh. <laughs> oh. Fan fiction. Fan fiction by our... This one's going to be naughty. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I picked a few. So here's, here's one. So we've got uh, The Night. Lucas didn't know yet as he looked up at the apartment window. Was she alive or dead? First time story. I'm trying my best. <laughs> <laughs> I just really liked the apology in the summary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, here's a summary. Uh, Von Richter is being hunted by the U.S. Marines. The title is Tonight Von Richter Sleeps in Hell. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, there's one called The Raven. Could Von Richter have actually created a creature more powerful than Cyber Six? This is the six-part tale of Ultra Cyber One. Whoa. <laughs> Ultra Cyber One is a very good name. <laughs> Cyber One. I really like that. That although it's funny that uh, they go straight to six part. It's such a fantasy dork thing. This is my non-elegy. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the one I really wanted to read you. Uh, this one's called Family Business. Uh, Cyber. <laughs> Cyber Six and Lucas are in love so much that they get twins. But Von Richter oh comes God. one night and takes them both. Like from both. the store? <laughs> yeah. And takes them? Takes them both. He trains them in a special machine that makes time faster inside. Using the oh, machine, okay. 14 years pass for the twins and 14 months for everyone else. Wow. <laughs> I... Here's the thing. I like it when people play with time in an unexpected way. They don't go into the into the magic wardrobe and come out 14 years aged magically. Mm-hmm. 14 months is still a long time to be without your kidnapped children. That's fair. That's really true. It's a very long time. <laughs> I just, I really like they're in love so much they get twins. They get twins. <laughs> like it implies I, I, that he, the he more you love, double it dose of love, he packed it in there. He get twice he as many boys. The, <laughs> you twice the boys. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, that's my segment. There that's were... your segment called Quick Fix. Quick Fix. Okay, Quick Fix. Quick Fix is a good name. Moon Mesa and Cyber Six ended on an, on unfortunate lulls, yeah. but we're pretty we're enjoyable watches, and Cyber Six really gave a lot of the emotional highs we wanted. It just was. Kind of, you had to eat around. You had to eat around the mushy bits. Yeah, and I think the real, the real question here, if we're fully evaluating a show, a children's show, is like, if we were kids, would this, would we be all over this? Absolutely, I, and also, would. would the final episode be such a deal, such a seal dealer? I don't think that right. I would have ever noticed that it was the final episode. Right. Yeah, yeah, we don't care about. Well, it's the thirteenth episode at the end of the order, so I believe. <laughs> you know, it's like. Yeah, absolutely. No, no kid is like that. No, no kid is like, oh, I feel like it, it It failed its ultimate promise. Of- Though I get the impression Moon Mesa was more like this than not the second season. I think, uh, With- yeah, I think I would have hated season two of Moon Mesa. I would have enjoyed season one. Absolutely. And- because and this did. happened with other shows where as soon as I saw the animation was different, I was like, I'm out, man. Like this Disney's fucking Doug. Yeah, or well, yeah, when, so uh, I would have to I, I would I would like to do a little more research on that. Like, is that sort of an out to pasture move? You get your budget cut, you gotta get a cheaper animator. I you gotta fire think it's your couple good universally writers. Universally that way. I think it's uh you know, i think it, it's happened before where it improves the sure. show. 
Well, I was going to say, that's the that's the way you would expect, right? You would expect a sort of breakout hit with crappy animation to get a little more money and have a little bit more a little more room to throw their weight around yeah. in the second season. That's the typical way things go, at least with like primetime stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Is is they get is they go from being this sort of like quirky, weird little show to having like star cameos every episode. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I I I'm just I'm I'm kind of not mentally there yet that I, we're not going to watch these anymore. I well, agree. It's become such a like part of our and they both feel part of the show. Yeah. I mean, if we hadn't already decided on 13 and there'd been more to watch, I would watch more. I would watch another episode of Cyber Six. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. God, I wish I could. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. And, you know, yeah. and Sailor Moon, we're almost done with season Sailor one. Sailor Moon we haven't addressed yet. Yeah. We're, uh, for those of you keeping track, 40 does not divide by 13 too well. So we have <laughs> we have made our way up to 38 on Sailor Moon and may as well may as well tease our Please our teases and and uh, <laughs> next week we'll be doing our final Sailor Moon Power Hour to finish out the series. Yeah, yeah, with our special guest Allison Lurs. If we do survive the shark encounter, then we will continue. <laughs> yeah, uh, to finish Sailor Moon next week. And that's actually like that's an interesting one because we talked about trying to that maybe Cyber Six tried to shove two episodes into one. Um, Sailor Moon one hundred percent in the dub shoved two episodes into one. Their finale oh, for 40 for 40. They cobbled together two of the Japanese episodes into one single dub episode. So I'm so they put a three part finale into two episodes. Yep. And I am super excited to see how janky that is. Oh, God. I, think kind of, I would say three into two is significantly less bad than two into one. Well, they did two into one. That's what they did. Oh, they did. So it was like one was one and then two into one. Yep. Yeah. So. Okay. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, but that's a, that, like you said, that's if we survive this shark encounter, which I think we're right there, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. Time has uh, well, begun I think, to resume. I think we're in that, resume. we're in the dead space of inception from jumping the shark too many times. <laughs> yeah. Now, now we're time in the is place, coming we back. We're in the place where our wife dies. <laughs> right. We finally, we've dealt with that, with that trauma finally. <laughs> right. We dealt with that. <laughs> yeah. We talked and... to Omar, uh, and he like winked at us again and like, gave us a little kiss and said like, yeah, I love, I love to kiss you, but I'm shark. So I cursed to not have lips. Um, <laughs> and then we came back down on the water and we were okay. And everybody said we did a great job and Fonzie gave us a thumbs up. <laughs> he super did. I think that's, I think that's like a really good endorsement for our show moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think pretty much. Uh, yeah, that's it. And now, as we know, like when you jump the shark, it's all blue skies from here. Yeah. And I think Fonzie's mouthing something to you, but I can't quite make it up. Can you read his lips and and, and, and say that thing that Fonzie always says? Yeah, let me find that thing. Let me hear that thing that he says. His The, the thing that Fonzie always says, the thing that <laughs> Fonzie says every time <laughs> is, uh, don't have a cow, I'm Fonzie. Don't have a cow, I'm Fonzie, dude. Hey, hey! I do a pretty good fun. <laughs> Famous. Hey, thanks for joining us today. We really liked having you here while we jet skied right over the top of the head of Omar from The Wire. 
that's that's who we did. We did not jump the shark. It was just Omar. It was always just Omar in the, in the water the whole time. Um, don't tell Rory, but I still haven't watched The Wire. Uh, now, I want to make sure that we thank our sponsors from today. We had Mom's Goodnight Lobster and Hair That Gets Everywhere. Those are two incredibly important products that I want you to support. You know what else you should support? You should totally support our podcast. Support this podcast that you're listening to. And 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 here's the fun thing. I don't know if you listen to these outros. Clearly you do because you're listening to it right now. But last week we done goofed and we said this week we were going to be doing the finale of Sailor Moon. But hey, guess what? That's next week. Next week, Allison Lurs, be there. She's the guest. Finales of Sailor Moon, episodes 39 and 40. We're going to finish this BZ out. Be there. Or, you know, or don't. We did jump the shark this episode.